campers. Welcome to the Camp Good Boy podcast. Back again. Yeah, with our continued uh, <laughs> Camp Good Boy storyteller series. <laughs> our Sunset Strip correspondent. Yeah, well, we we actually have, uh, I mean, Aliki, you, you are like a Camp Good Boy. You're the cam- the accountant for Camp Good Boy. Yes, I am. Yeah, <laughs> you're in charge of our money. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're like an official staff member. Yes, I'm also, I'm also taking your CBD. Oh, nice. Oh, Pachamama. Yeah. Pachamama, shout out. Well, yes. uh, how do you like it? I love it. Wow. I, I love it so much, I ordered the jumbo bottle. Oh, Sorry nice. to, like, do the... <laughs> I didn't intend to go right into the promotion. No, like, well, we, oh, we don't actually, even have to do the we, ad. We now. won't have to do the ad. We'll just get it out of the way right now. Uh, <laughs> right. How how is it? Like with CBD, it really helps me like focus with my work, especially the past couple months because everybody's been interrupting me with COVID and all their little emergencies and questions and mm-hmm. like anxiety and like people are asking me questions like whether they should sell their house and stuff. Right. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and I I'm really sensitive, and I pick up all that energy from people, and so I started taking the CBD, and I take it like day and night. I just take a little bit, like I'm kind of microdosing it. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it just I don't know. It seems to just help me feel better overall. I love CBD. Do you it also helps with like inflammation? Mm-hmm. Are you dealing with a lot of people that are? Do you know a lot of people that are leaving LA? Like leaving? Oh, well, I mean, my building, like four people left last week. Okay. No yeah. way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where did they go? Um, like one guy was going to Albuquerque. Uh, somebody else lives. I, I don't. I wasn't getting. They're going back specific. to where they came from. I mean, people. Maybe yeah. at all these things they compound and they bug people out. So it's like th- this one guy was like, "Dude, the fires, the COVID." I'm I can't like, help but think people are going to leave and then they're going to get to where they are and like four months is going to go by and they're like, "Yo, I'm bored." They hate it. Well, th- okay, so th- it's either that version of like everything kind of passes and everything's fine, or they were. They were total. It was great judgment on their part. It could and be. The world just goes you know, through absolute shit. Being an LA native, I've seen this happen over and over again. People come here, they they stay here for like five to ten years, and they go back to where they came from, and they end up like getting married and having kids. And I have like half of my friends on Facebook are people that were out here that were working and moved back home. Yeah. Well, Jerry Seinfeld had that. Would it be an op-ed? Is that what an op-ed is? Yeah, it's a bit of an op-ed. <laughs> he wrote about how he's judging people that leave New York City. He's like, "Fine, leave it. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to tough. I'm going to tough it out." It's like, yeah, I bet it's hard in your ten million dollar apartment. And then, oh, and things get too hard, you can just go out to your twenty million dollar Hamptons house. But you know, on the on the other on that on that same point, it's like, okay, well, if I'm deciding to leave New York City, if I hear that Jerry Seinfeld's staying, that's not really like selling it for me. Like I'm just <laughs> like, oh wait, my, you know, I was yeah. going to leave, but uh, Seinfeld's staying, so I. Yeah, I, maybe I'll, I, I'll tough it out too. Yeah, I'll just tough. Or like, because like, like, like I've been doing coffee with with cars with <laughs> Seinfeld all, all these times. Right. Yeah, I was. It was just kind of like, a, like I get where he's coming from, but it was a little like insincere. It's like, yeah. dude, who can relate to your no, situation? No, it's easy. It's easy for you. It's easy Any for you to say. Millionaires or millionaires that talk like that are just yeah. Yeah. Nobody can relate to them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the open mic comedians can relate to what you're going <laughs> it's, through, Jerry. It's Seinfeld. super expensive to live in LA and New York, and so if everybody's losing their jobs right now, they can't. They can't survive here. They're going to have to go somewhere. Yeah, but just to get back to uh, Pachamama CBD, uh, if, <laughs> if you want to get some Pachamama, mm. just go to uh, Pachamama.com. Enjoy Pachamama. Enjoy, enjoy Pachamama.com and type in Camp One Five for that discount code. Yeah, Camp One Five. And I actually just typed in in Google Pachamama. 
like I started typing Pachamama and it popped up and I couldn't remember the URL, but I typed in Pachamama CBD and it like the enjoy Pachamama popped up and it was really easy. Oh, nice. oh so we might just start. Let's that's it. And so instead of me having to spell it out, just Google, and their, just Google Pachamama. Their, uh, SEO optimized. Well, it's, it's also like what other words would even come up for if you <laughs> yeah, like, right. you can misspell it. And like, okay, oh, yeah. Pachamama is a really popular word. It's really weird. Ah, what, what, actually, this is, this is a good question. Cause what does it mean? You're on, you're on Google, right? Um, yeah, so there's right. a brand of like there's a farm in Oregon that sells meat at that market I go to, Erwan, that really expensive like organic market. And I looked it up once, and it's something like I don't know, I don't even remember. I feel so stupid right now. Mm. It's like something like about calm and peace or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes well, sense. they they picked the right name. Yeah, I'm sure it's also a bait. Somewhere in LA, that's a baby's name. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like I feel that's like Elon Musk's kid's middle name. Yeah, or yeah, like, really. Ed, like Edward Sharp. Like, <laughs> this is this is Pachamama. Yeah, it's it's like, I love the Pachamama CBD so much that if I get a dog, I'll name my dog Pachamama. Oh, nice. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I wish we could go back to dogs having those names. Right. If you want to, if you want to kind of go off beat or something, or name it after a celebrity or a famous musician, yeah. Maybe stick it to that to your dog or cat, right. and not your kid. Yeah. Guess, guess what I'm dying to talk about. What are you dying to talk about? RBG. RBG. Then, yeah. Rest in. Uh, rest. Rest. Now, do you want her to rest in peace or rest in I, power? I, there's I, been. There's I, been. Con- I've been seeing conflicting things on Instagram. Are you a rest in peace or rest no, in power? You know what? No, well, yeah, her dying wish was don't let Trump uh, be the president that replaces me. Yeah. But it's throwing such a, like, it's throwing such a big thing into the election because now it's the biggest deal, right? And last, I listened to your last episode and you guys were talking about, you know, like outcomes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Election outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I think, was it Brandon? Were you the one saying that you thought everything's going to just be tied up in the courts forever? Well, I, I don't know if it's going to be forever. I just think that uh, it's going to be a big mess. It's, it's going it, to be a It's going to be a mess, and also this doesn't help. No. This was like it's the. More of a mess. This was the and, and Trump loves this because he, I mean he didn't waste any time. Uh, oh, he's already got his person picked. And, he's already got a pick. Yeah. yeah. So two two Republican senators have said they won't vote, and don't they need like four of them to uh, not vote? So they need like two more. Well, yeah, Bi- Biden was really making a strong uh, – was ma- he, he gave a speech this afternoon making a really strong push. To, it was basically speaking to Republican senators to, to, to not go along with this plan. Ah. Because but, they're going to they're gonna change if the Democrats win. They're going to add more justices or yeah. change, change the rules or do yeah. something. Yeah. Um, uh, just hang on one second. We're just having a weird thing with the headphones. Do you want to just unplug it and plug it back in? Oh, there we go. Oh, it's that thing. Uh, got and it. For the future, whatever you just did. Stereo input. Stere- yeah. <laughs> Stereo <laughs> input is the uh, is what what it needs to be. All right, now I think we're good. So um, stereo input. Oh, no. you know what? I just wanted to to shout out to you, Aliki, because I I just I, I I don't want to tell anybody how they should mourn somebody's passing on social media or in any way. Mm-hmm. It's just, but. People get really dramatic when somebody, either famous or somebody that they admire, dies. And I like how you said R.I.P. R.B.J. R.B.G. 
Yeah. But then went right to let's go Lakers. (laughs) 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 Hey, but I bet RBG would want to, uh, would want the Lakers to, to do well too. She wouldn't want everybody like sitting around crying. I just don't, I just, I can't handle the social media outpouring when someone dies because I never think it's sincere. Mm -hmm. Um, I but, mean, it really started cracking me up. Even some of my friends, I'm like, oh my God, they're so dramatic. I, I know. That's the thing. But, but it, how I, many the com- sincerity is just, I never buy I never well, believe I it. Well, I don't, because I how many don't. conversations, how many times have you been sitting around with your girlfriends talking about RBG? <laughs> I mean, I actually, to be honest, because she had that documentary out, I uh, have talked to her with different people when that documentary was on Netflix. Right. So, uh, okay. like, she's kind of a hero, and then... Like when I was growing up, we had there was no women. All I had was like Raquel Welch to look up to. <laughs> wow, <laughs> when I was yeah. Growing up, you know, like she's she's kind of a hero, and like I like that there's that women today have somebody like that they can look up to. Like my friend's daughter is clerking for a um, a federal judge, and you know she's on she's on a path to be a federal judge herself. So mm-hmm. it's just exciting to see change and stuff like that. No, but you you do bring up a good point, and actually RBG had said this when she met her husband. She said he was the first one. Who who acknowledged the fact that I had a brain oh. and, and treated me like a, like an equal human being. And that even, has... even my mom growing up, my mom wasn't like, you can do anything you want, honey. My mom was like, you better marry a rich man or you're right. going to be in trouble. Yeah. But, but <laughs> it is, my mom told me. <laughs> it is, it is critical that she's getting, she is getting this rock star status. And for good reason, like you said, like you had Raquel Welch and now, like, I even saw at the, uh, at the Senate House today with everybody, you know, leaving flowers and stuff, and they're interviewing young kids, young girls, uh. and they're saying, like, well, she's like, she was a hero, but instead of wearing a cape, she wore a robe. Mm. And it's like, the, that yeah. there is a figure that people can look up to, and it, I think that is why, why she's when so I important. When I was in high school, I was comparing myself to Cindy Crawford. Yeah. On Sports Illustrated. I think issue. I think everybody was. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Cindy Cindy Crawford was my RBG growing. Yeah, up. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. But I think to Phil's point, it's like it's really easy to gauge the level of sincerity in an in an Instagram post and who's just like hopping on the bandwagon. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, because like, what are they going to do when their mom dies? Right. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. I, people get more emotional when somebody famous dies more than I feel like one of their friends dies. Or like, I don't know. It's just I, I hate the social media. Because, again, like when Kobe Bryant died, like your, your, your first instinct when these people pass away is to like, oh, Google Images, got to get a good picture. Google Images, like, that's, that's where your, your head is. No. You're thinking about yourself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I, and I noticed like the sort of sassy girls I, I follow, they have the picture of RBG with like the lace glove. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yes, you know, totally. I saw that. Was that a real picture? Or was yeah, that, or, it was something when she became like the notorious the RBG. Glove. She oh, had like the, okay. the fishnet glove. And then she like the more sorted. like my more like intellectual female friends have like a more like she's like behind a desk working and stuff like that. Yeah, right, like, right. So it's it is but but it is good that despite whatever you are, however engaged you've been in her work or whatever, that somebody that's not a model, that's not an actress, that's right. not a rock star, that has actually accomplished stuff that has made real meaningful change. Yeah. Whether you want to have her like in her lingerie or however it is, like <laughs> it, it, she she is a powerful symbol, and I think it's uh, it's it's you know, but it is. It is gonna. Th- it's throwing a lot of. Uh, it's throwing a lot of gasoline on this fire leading up to the election because Trump w- started weaponizing it within and Mitch McConnell within ten minutes of her passing away. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's what I was like shocked about is that 
what's going to happen with the election. That's my first thought. Well, he... Like, she's an amazing woman, but oh no, what's going to happen now? Yeah, and he... He because he knows that he can get more protests and that they can get out of hand. And he wants that. Mm. He and wants then, as much. Then, yeah. So if he's pu- pushing for a a new uh, judge right now, the protests are going to start. It's going to get so. And it, he wants I mean, that. He wants. They want to get like a conservative on there so they can mm. get, like say abortion's illegal, basically, right? Isn't that what this is all about? Well, it'll be one. It'll be one step closer to that. He probably wants it so that he can be like. In Joe Biden's America, you're not going to be safe. It's like, this is your America. <laughs> this yeah. is your America. Like, yeah. the protest going on. Like, what are you calling it Joe he Biden's America? It. Yeah, it's going to get, it's going to get pretty, it's going to get bad. But, um, hey, I don't, uh, the Pachamama CVD. Yeah, that's uh, the, another reason to just good. buy more Pachamama yeah, CVD. It's, good for, it's a good time for to buy Pachamama CVD and use that Camp 1-5 discount code. Wait, but Aliki, how, is it do, is it do, um, helping with your anxiety? That's it good. Just, it totally helps me stay calm. Like even before COVID, I started to get kind of like um, math times. That, like some of my clients, it's like it's just hard to communicate like what accounting entails sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm really a good accountant, but I'm not such a great communicator. And I would get so frustrated, and I would like start yelling at people. Oh wow! <laughs> so I've stopped yelling at people, so you don't have to worry about me like screaming anymore. <laughs> There you go. That's another. Good yeah, you know what? Oh, going back to people leaving LA. I think the if if you like lost everything, like maybe you lost a job and you, you're having a hard time getting one and you can't pay rent. I understand leaving that way. I think it's the people that are just like things are just getting too hard, but they technically could still stay in LA. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there's always people coming here and there's always people leaving. Like as a native, I've seen the cycle over and over, and all COVID is doing is just, like, making everything more intense that was going on before. Like, if you had a problem before COVID, you have a bigger problem now. Like, yeah. any problem before COVID is worse after COVID. And you know what? It's given people an excuse to kind of give up. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I, I've been looking for an excuse to move back to Ohio and just, like, fuck my whole L.A. dream, mm-hmm. like, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm out. And, and then they can be like, well, I didn't retreat because I, I didn't get, like, uh, a part on This Is Us, like it's <laughs> or like a recurring on 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 any TV show. It's like, wait, now I can go home, and it's not that I was a failure, or that I was like I was weak. It's that there's it's COVID and the fires, and it's not a safe right. time. It's to a be good excuse, city. right? Yeah. COVID is a good excuse for fuck ups so for the ripcord. I it's also just a good think, excuse to but I also think this is and this was the thing when we were driving cross country. Is it's like, you know, you can leave, and and I totally get it because I've had that. I've had a like a couple moments where it's just like. You know, you're in a, you live, you move to this city or any city to experience city life and city life is shut down. So you can't experience the things that, that's why you move to the city. You can't do the things, the reasons why you move to the city you can't do, but you're going to go somewhere else. COVID's still there. It's everywhere. (laughs) So like you're just moving from one pandemic to the other pandemic. Right. Like unless you're moving out to like. The I think woods. people are going back to their parents or something. Yeah. No, I think a lot of people are. And, and I mean, we did too, but I, I'm always just, I don't like being that, I don't like being away. Mm-hmm. Pandemic or no pandemic, I don't like being away for, out of my routine for too long. I just get antsy. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. because I actually believe that there is going to be significant unrest in the, in leading up to and in the aftermath of this election. Wow. But, but I'm, I'm not like running away. Does, I, does you know, that mean we should a, invest in a wooden board company? <laughs> yeah. yeah, get your market. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go fill my 
apartment with wooden boards and wait for the rides. I'm going to call my money guy and be like, can I put all my money into Sharpie stock? <laughs> What's the Sharpie stock at right now? Yeah. And like masking tape and uh, poster boards. Well, you know, by the way, this is a good time to invest in whatever the parent companies for, um, for like Marker's Crayola <laughs> totally. poster boards. Because if you know, you pretty much like there's, there's pretty much a strong certainty that protests are going to be coming. So mm. now would be the time to dump your money into like. What else would you invest in? Like board. maybe like flares? Protest. Commodities, yeah. like road flares, or, or yeah, whoever um, makes the sticks that they put the maybe Home Depot. Like I, Home I, Depot would, I would invest in like Home Depot, maybe like Blick or like Office Depot because they they sell poster boards and markers. It's so funny. I'd love to actually just go to a Home Depot if like a protest was about to start. Just go to Home Depot and just watch how many people are there. <laughs> when, all when the are they start selling pre-made signs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. They, I, that's true. Uh, there's one. I wonder if there is like a pre-made sign company. Well, it was weird it's because a good startup idea. Yeah, they. Um, it's it's funny. Yeah, because I was looking up different like odd like Trump supporter things like Hawaiians for Trump, and <laughs> and, and and if you Google like Puerto Ricans for Trump, it's amazing the merch that comes up. It's like you can get a throw pillow. <laughs> oh, yeah, like right, right, who yeah. is literally like who do you get? I mean, I get like. <laughs> Like, even if I was a Puerto Rican for Trump, like, I don't yeah. know if, if I'd have it. And, and, like, the shoot is, like, it's a Pottery Barn ad. It's, like, this right, nice right, right. thing. And it's, like, the dog is on the floor. And then there's just a Puerto Ricans for Trump, like, throw pillow. Yeah, coasters. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the whole, like, the Hawaiians for Trump uh, hat. It's got, like, little a great palm hat. trees. Like, the aloha. See, I guess there's Hawaii. There's nothing aloha about Trump. If you, Hawaii feels like a good place to. <laughs> do they have, like, what's their COVID situation? like? And did they have any BLM protests in Hawaii? No. I, I, think, I think they might have. I mean, I think they were everywhere. But I don't think it was like... They uh, didn't really... It wasn't like Minneapolis. No, it wasn't... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Honolulu was burning. It wasn't like Portland. <laughs> no. no, I think because you don't have... I mean, I don't know. People are just... You're, you are America, but you're so detached. I mean, you, are very, you detached, are very detached. Same with Alaska, like were there big Anchorage riots no, or I don't think so. Juneau was burning? Yeah. Aliki, have you ever been to Honolulu? Of course I have. When you grow up in California, that's where you go for vacation. What's it like? Because I always say Honolulu seems like an awesome city, and everyone's like, bro, no, you don't want to go to Honolulu. Like, okay, like oh, people, sorry. <laughs> sorry, say, like, sorry Don Hawaii, Ho. It's, <laughs> like, it's the worst part of Hawaii, and it's gross, but it's like, it's still Hawaii, and it's yeah. there's beautiful parts. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a big city, so there's like, there's, you know, good parts and bad parts, but it's not big. It's not that big. It's like the biggest city in Hawaii, but it's not big at all. It's like the size of West Hollywood or something, you know? it's. I think it just appeals to me because out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, there's a big city just yeah. sitting out there. Right. Where you can like go to like so, a dive bar. So and, like, I think you guys would really like it. Like last time I was there, it, it was right after 9-11 because the flights were really cheap and I had a friend that was living there and he, he actually lived in Honolulu and we were going to the beach at Diamond Head and there was nobody there and there was this like this alcoholic guy with this parrot and he was like trying to sell people like to get tourists to buy pictures with the parrot and the parrot was like missing the parrot was like bald and missing feathers and this guy had like missing teeth and he's like homeless and he's trying to like proposition people to pose with the parrot you know for a picture to give him money and like there's just crazy stuff going on like that that's a good that's a good way to handle dealing with that day like all the bad (laughs) alcoholics and stuff end up in in waikiki and um you know like it's it's like a clash of like intense tourism and you know just like sadness yeah well that's the thing like if i was gonna be an alcoholic i'd kind of rather be one of those alcoholics and like 
uh, an Aloha shirt, like with yeah, the breeze yeah. coming in the bar. Tro- tropical and alcoholic. Well, well, no, because yeah, right. you and you, yeah, tropical alcoholic. Because you can have like you can have like pina coladas, exactly. and there's like a little like Hemingway romance mm-hmm. to it, you know. You can just yeah. go grab a pineapple off a tree and like squeeze some juice and drink some vodka. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean, I can't imagine is, is Honolulu a very expensive city. I can't imagine it's that. very expensive because oh. everything has to be brought in by boat. Right. So, like, oh, right. Okay. A pack of cigarettes. What does a pack of cigarettes cost here now? Like eight dollars. Yeah, I mean New York City almost so, twenty. Right. Okay, so in Honolulu it's probably thirty or forty. Like oh, Christ! Oh, okay. Like, like anything that any, like everything has to be brought in by a boat or a plane, so they they charge. And in the Seven Elevens there, they have spam sushi. Like you know how here when you go to Seven Eleven they have like hot dogs and stuff rolling around at, near the checkout line. In mm. Hawaii, at every Seven Eleven they have sushi made with spam. Oh, it's ew. like a piece of spam on rice with seaweed wrapped around it. Oh, my Honolulu dream is yeah. dying every well, second. I, now like, I just got like love spam in Hawaii for some reason. It's they just, love it. It's just like bald parrots and like spam <laughs> sushi. Bald, yeah, thirty dollars cigarette. And it's like a delicacy in Hawaii. And like when you're going there, they tell you on the airplane, they spray this stuff before you get off the plane because like there's certain bugs they don't have there. And so they like disinfect everybody before you can get off the plane. They, they walk down the oh. aisle spraying some stuff. And I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> oh, Honolulu sucks. Yeah. Fuck. The natives in Hawaii, like the Hawaiian people, they hate white people. Yeah. And like I knew this guy that had his honeymoon and he was and he was drunk all the time and really obnoxious, this British guy that used to manage bands here and he went there for his honeymoon and he got in a like an altercation in his car with some Samoan guys and he started calling them names and they they smashed the windows of his car and pulled him out of his car and broke every bone in both his hands whoa (laughs) yeah no i've heard that the i've heard that the the, uh, native islanders do not like there's serious unrest so it's almost like to your blm point it's like they've got their own sort of it's like like ilm like islander lives matter or something like that but because I know that they do have a lot of those problems, but I highly doubt like there was there were big like protests in Maui. <laughs> no, because no, because most people move there to get away from mm-hmm. from these kind of things. Right, yeah, right, yeah. it's kind of quiet. And like dead the, there. the the hyper woke Maui crowd, I'm sure had BLM stuff in the insignia, but like I don't know if there was like I didn't see a lot of like looting in uh, <laughs> <No>. in Waikiki. <laughs> no, like what are you gonna loot? Just like <laughs> surf, surf, sto- surf uh, I mean, there's, no, there's no Antifa there. <laughs> yeah. God, that's one of those things, though, if you were, like, a looter and you went and looted, like, a surf shop, it's just, like, you're looting by day and by night. You're hitting those tasty waves on a free surfboard. Actually, that was uh, because Patagonia got looted in Santa Monica during the riots. And uh, Kook of the Day had the footage of the <laughs> of the people walking out with surfboards. I mean, they they looked like pretty big losers. Like, <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna with? God, I was in downtown Santa Monica this week, and I mean. It, you still they're still like boarded up. Dude, like, it, I was I was like fucked. I was like what the fuck like yeah I can't believe downtown Santa I couldn't believe downtown Santa Monica was had looting going on that was just insane. No, I mean even driving up Beverly. I mean Beverly is just like it's. I mean things are just shut down and also it's like people are smart. I'd like I'd wait out this election to see what see where where this is going to go because you're stupid to get all your stores back up and running when like this same thing is just about to happen right right around the corner with like almost a hundred percent certainty. Well, I mean, God, the protesters got, they got some good exercise and warm up mm-hmm. during the BLM protests and the cops got warmed up too. So if it happens, well, you know, well, that's what we were saying is like, even in Portland, you see the people in the front line, they have the leaf blowers to yeah, blow right. the, 
Uh, it's it's become like uh, it's become like uh, ultimate uh, war. Or what was that show? American uh, American Gladiators. American Gladiators. Oh yeah. Everyone's got the the leaf blowers for the for the gas. So That's it's like great. they're all they're all teed up now. The only I sort of knew things were going to wind down when there's like there was nothing left to loot. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's just going to become like people are going to you know we started to see the beginning of people going into Hancock Park and like occupying the mayor's house mm. and like. I hate to say it, but it, but like d- destruction to private property could be, you know, like residential property could be could be kind of the next thing. Well, now and, that's where you have that's the problem because you have those people in St. Louis, the McCluskeys mm-hmm. or the McCauleys, whatever yeah. the name is. Oh wow, the gun couple, the gun couple. Yeah, now that's where it gets hairy. Is well, it gets really hairy because uh, we. I was just reading an article. So you have three hundred ninety-five million guns uh, sold in the United States, and you and there's an ammo shortage, which means everybody is armed the mm. fuck up right now. Yeah, break-ins to homes. I don't see that happening. I don't. I don't see but, that. But what we were seeing, like we saw in Rochester, uh, people literally raiding restaurants. There was a restaurant that, got raided. That, uh, when was that? that was, was this was last week, and I mean wow. this, this is you know uh, this all is also helpful for Trump because this is what he paints the picture of Biden's America. Yeah, exactly. Like. What it's really like it is you're the you're the architect of this <laughs> yeah, nightmare, dude. Like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, oh there was a mass shooting there today. Yeah, was, uh, is, yeah, there was. It was well. It, it was like a party, and like a shootout happened, like at a party. Two people <laughs> died or something. Oh, really? Yeah, in Rochester, like a, it was a backyard party. It's good to see Rochester on the map. Yeah, well, they they've actually they've kind of been the dark horse in this whole thing. Like, there's been a lot of unrest in Rochester. Yeah, tons. Yeah, but because they put the hood over that guy that was having like a mental episode. Yeah, the spit the spit hood. Why did they put that hood on? Were they just having a having spitting. a laugh? Assholes. He was spitting it. No, they yeah, because during COVID, I guess if somebody's being crazy, they don't want it's like yeah, they, wait, that was six months. That was COVID? I guess it was the beginning, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Or if they don't want somebody I mean COVID or no COVID, I don't want like some crazy uh guy on Sherm spitting on me. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, PCP, whatever. Uh, was, okay. Which I think he was on. Got it, got it. I just yeah. thought they were just like Taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, yeah, you just thought it was like some weird kind of like I just uh, thought cops waterboarding. Just, I thought it was thing. like um, the Abu Ghraib, or what was it, Bagra, yeah. what was that prison? Yeah, Abu where, the, where they were just having a laugh <laughs> with all those. I don't know. It still sounds kind of like weird that they put a hood over someone. I don't know. Well, it's all optics now, too. And it's like, even if these are things that people use, now that we see them, it just doesn't look good in this time. And like, time. if they're choking people and they have hoods on them and you can't yeah. see if they're dying or not, it's kind of weird, so. Well, I mean, as we've seen, and also it's just, you know, even like the guy that got shot in Wendy's with that pulled the taser on the cop, like maybe in another time, people might have been like, well, you know, he kind of drew first blood. But right now, you just, if, you, if I'm a cop, like my gun is staying holstered. Yeah. I would just. Well, so all the people that are sick of all the, like the, uh, the kneeling during the national anthem in the NFL and they refuse to watch football. There, a lot of them say, I don't want, I don't think of criminals as heroes. It's right. like, well, no, I mean, I don't either, but like, they doesn't mean they need to be shot 12 well, times. That, yeah, like, that's the whole problem. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. But the, like the people that are just refuse to watch football, it's like, first of all, you're missing out on some great games. Second of all, like you can just wait for kickoff. Yeah. Just don't watch the national anthem if it bums you out that much. You know, and I, I, I'm gonna have to see. I'm gonna have to look at the fine print on the ratings because I They're feel down. like that's something. Oh, they are down. Yeah. 
Uh, but it, I, I feel like that won't last long because when people that love watching football, it's like, what else are they going to do? That's the thing. Their lives revolve around this fucking sport. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's true. What else are you doing? Yeah. Uh, You're going to watch tennis? I, just, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't, I I don't mean, see it. One of, the, one of the NBA coaches said, like, this, do, when you go to work, do they play the national anthem and make everybody stand there with their hand on their chest? Like, it's their, you know, like, I don't know. I think they have a right to do what they want. And I don't see why people get so pissed off about it. It's just like a mask. It's a stupid mask. I mean, I don't... I don't want to sound like I'm unpatri- not patriotic, but like anytime I go to a sport game and it's like, please rise for the national anthem, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, I usually go get a hot dog. Can we start it's the game? And like, I always forget to take my hat off. It's just like, we don't, it, it, you come know what? It's on. true. Do we even need it? No. It doesn't matter. We don't, we don't need it. That's the point. We like, don't need to have the national anthem. We don't. Anthem it's anymore. really, you know, I yeah. hadn't yeah. even no thought of it that way. Everybody could be happy again. <laughs> I really no, hadn't thought of we that. Don't, that we way. don't need it at like, all. And that's, th- that's the thing. That's why it's like when these people kneel, it's like, first of all, they have every right to kneel. Just like the people that don't like they're doing it have every right to uh, have their Confederate flag. I mean, mm-hmm. they do. It yeah. is, I don't like what it stands for, but they have every right to have it. Yeah. Just like these guys have every right to fucking kneel for the flag. Well, it's also, why do I have to stand? Uh, it's it a pain like, in the ass. It would be uh, better like, if it's like, now could everyone just remain seated for the national anthem? Make, <laughs> make yourselves comfortable through this unnecessary. It's just like, I don't understand what patriotism has to do with two teams playing in a sport that, that the outcome doesn't make us any stronger as or weaker as matter. Americans. It, it like, say like a pledge of allegiance before like some kind of like, uh, like induction ceremony for like a... A, a warrior or like a soldier in a war. It's like, let's mm. honor our, our flag and these, and we're about to give medals to these people. Like, uh, yeah, ma- let's just get rid of it. No, it's unnecessary. Yeah. I and mean, we just yeah, don't need like, it. It literally like doesn't. At the Olympics when they give them the medals and they play the national anthem after the medal, it's fine. Oh, I get that. Yeah. That makes sense. Because right. it's like um, all the countries are competing. So it's pride. And you know, like, you know what sucks is if you go to a hockey game, you got to hear two national anthems because it's, they have oh, yeah, a lot of the games here in Canada. Right. And then they'll do the, na- the national anthem for america so you gotta right. sit through oh canada and the stars oh, go better oh it's God. like yeah can we just oh, drop man. this puck yeah can't you just play like a rush song <laughs> yeah, yeah totally i mean again like i i would never i do stand for the national anthem and but i'm always just like oh yeah have you guys did you guys ever go to a rush concert uh i had the no. we had the opportunity or no we, oh, did, we did kind of we in kind New of York. did but our friend I, mean, ended up I wasn't the a fan of Rush, but my friend loved them, and he made me go to their live concert once, and it was pretty amazing. Like, oh, I'm sure. You know, like in the '90s, it was yeah. pretty no, technical. Those, yeah, those guys are those guys are good. Musicians. I was listening to Howard Stern this week, and he had Lars Ulrich on, and he wow. was he was go- some guy called up. They were talking about who the best drummer was. Some guy called up and said Neil Peart, and Howard. Well, what about Ginger Baker? I mean, so Ginger, he's, good. he's great yeah. too, but this Howard Stern, when this guy called up and said Neil Peart, he was like, Neil Peart, get the fuck out of here with this dorky Rush thing. It's like, you're really un- not aware that people think Neil Peart's one of the best drummers ever. I know, he is arguably like the <laughs> yeah. best. And then, and then Lars Ul- Ulrich was going in a whole thing about how he looked up to Neil Peart and, and Howard was just like, he like, couldn't believe it. Dave Grohl? Uh, no, you know it was just it a is? quick thing, but I was like, you can't, how do you not know that Neil Peart's considered I one gotta of the best say, Stern, Stern is afraid to look like a dork. He is, yeah. He's like obsessed with things that are like cool, and I'm using yeah. air quotes right now. Yeah, because, because Pert is, Pert is amazing. I think the best drummer I've ever seen is Antonio Sanchez, who He's plays, he plays with, uh, well, if you think, you think Rush is dorky, <laughs> <laughs> he plays for Pat Metheny and, uh, but he oh, did wow. like, yeah. he did the soundtrack, he did the score for Birdman. Yeah. Um, wow. yeah. I just couldn't, I just, I mean, I wasn't like 
I just couldn't believe Stern was like getting mad that people thought Neil Peart was the best drummer. Right. Ever. Well, it's like people that would say that Trey Anastasio from Fish is the best guitar player. It's 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 not about if he is or it isn't. It's having to take sides with a band that like is obviously that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna pigeonhole you into a dark into a dork uh, corner. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know. I love listening to Howard Stern, but he's kind of a tool. He can, no, he's kind of a douche. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. He, yeah, I haven't listened to him in a long time. He is a, he's kind of a douche. But he, he really and like, I mean he, I liked it when he had that show in on was it W O R in New York that like little I mean it was like in the late 80s and 90s. Oh yeah. He had his own TV show. Yeah, yeah. that used to come oh, on late at night funny. when we That were, was my yeah. introduction to him. Yeah, I was me like too. who is yeah, this menace? Yeah, that was menace? my introduction to him too. Yeah. Like, and it looked like it was they were doing it from like a garage. It was really low I mean, like lo-fi. Right. But he started doing some crazy stuff. Like he had a guy come on once that had that was um, I had obsessive compulsive disorder, and he interviewed him for a few minutes and talked to him, and you know, and told the guy was like, "I have to wash my hands three times when I get out of my car. I have to walk around it three times and check every door. When I when I go to the bathroom, I can only use three pieces of toilet paper." And he like the guy was really obsessive compulsive, and Howard and then Howard says, "So like, do you like everything really clean?" And he's like, "Yes, everything has to be really clean." And Howard said, "Okay, so we're gonna tie you to the chair and dump these." This bag of shavings on you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then he probably became he probably became a character on the show, like a p- obsessive well, compulsive Dave. The, Howard Stern was basically the Beatles of like putting handicapped people on for like entertainment. Yeah, yeah really. And like le- lesbians too. Like he would have little shows with like a lesbian house, and he'd have like girls making out everywhere in the house while he was filming. Yeah, Yet, d- like d- doing stuff. <laughs> Yet now he's one of the biggest obsessive compulsive people in the world. Right. He's like severely OCD. Yeah. <laughs> He, no, but I mean, yeah, he, back in the pre-woke times, I mean, it was like anything that was different would be something that they put on for like like a, like circus freaks. It they was had like, a guy on their show called Stuttering John. Yeah. <laughs> Stuttering John, yeah. yeah. Right. It was like, awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had, God, I hadn't even thought of it until now. Like, why do we even need the national anthem at sporting games? I. I, you know what? I get it during the Super Bowl because it's all just part of the big spectacle of it. Like all. This, is in a, this is, is a celebration of America. Kind of, so and they uh, usually get like a big artist to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get that. Oh, but, like, but like Tuesday night in uh, you know February, it's like the Cavaliers versus the Pistons. Like yeah. a, a really yeah, inconsequential and, game. And what's the deal with having to take your hat off? I don't understand it. I, I don't respect. get what, but, but what's disrespectful about wearing a hat? I, know, I don't get it. I know. Where, where does that it. come from? Like, did people used I mean, to have... No, like, you know what it is? It's, it's what we've always talked about. It's this American just, like, cockiness and arrogance. And, like, again, I love being from America, but I don't take being American so seriously. But, like, most soldiers wear helmets, and, like, the, the general guy will have, like, one of those green military hats on. Like, yeah. what, I, I would actually think if we're going to be honoring our troops, it's like... Please stand and put your hats on for the for the soldiers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. That's no, true. Yeah, very true. That's hilarious. I just, I, I don't, I, I don't, I just don't wear my American. Yo, bro, put your hat on. We're the national anthem. Put your hat on so you can feel like a soldier for a minute. Yo, man, get this guy a hat. I don't wear my Americanness ship, whatever it is, on my sleeve. Right. Nothing. Not on this Tommy Bahama shirt. <laughs> no, it's not. Like. <laughs> the best was, um, before the call, uh, Aliki, you sent us, uh, getting back to our Camp Good Boy Storyteller series, uh, because you're, you're something of uh, uh, an L.A. Uh, fixture throughout the years in the, in the music, especially in the music scene, but you texted me a picture of you and Joey Ramone at a Guns N' Roses concert at the Whiskey. No, we were, that was the Ramones concert backstage at the Whiskey after the Ramones. Oh, nice. Well, that's even... And- 
That's even cool. Yeah, yeah, really. I ate Joey's banana. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, I was hungry, so yeah, he, he had a banana backstage, like they had a little fruit tray. He, he, was, he wasn't one for many words, I gotta say that. He doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like, yeah, he uh, seems like he kind of kept to him. He seems kind of sedated. My friend that took that picture was a photographer, Chris, and she was best friends with um, Johnny Ramone, and he loved to smoke pot, and so after their concerts, you know, he would get us, he would always give us backstage passes and tickets to all their shows, and then after their concerts, we would take him, like, around, we would either go eat or we'd go hang out at her house, and we'd just, like, rolled, rolled big fat joints and smoked all night long with uh, Johnny Ramone, listen to music. We, he loved to watch, like, horror movies and stuff, and, like... He was into like, the, you know, like the cramps and like stuff like that. Well, it's probably you found better playmates in the Ramones because I feel like if you were going to hang out with Dee Dee afterwards, it would have been more like tinfoil drugs. Yeah, he was yeah, like the. Apparently, he told his wife that he was going to cut her legs off or something if she, she if he tried to get him to stop smoking weed. Oh wow! Um, so he was the dark horse of the. Well, he D- was like the black sheep of the Ramones. Yeah, well, Dee Dee was like more of the heroin guy, right? Right. Yeah. That's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. Of he course, was, yeah. his name's Dee Dee Ramone. Yeah, of course he, he is. He lived in the Chelsea Hotel, and he was like, he was more of the... Oh, Leaky, do you, I mean, I'm sure you like the Ramones, but are you a big Ramones fan? I'm actually not a big Ramones fan. Their music kind of grates on me. It's yeah. boring. I don't like them. Well, I we, respect them, I just, but I don't like them. We put... Yeah, it just repeats itself. It kind of gets on my nerves. It doesn't have any hooks or like good beats or anything, so I don't know. It's literally every song is just like... What else do you got for me? No, but we... Ramones are kind of like... They, you know, and I know that like Ruth Bader Ginsburg stands for so many things that a lot of people believe in, but like... They're, they're what, they are kind of the RBG of, of punk. American punk, uh, yeah. that, that basically just by default of the fact that they're the Ramones, mm-hmm. you, would honest, you, would, you would just, you would, you, would, you would be a Ramones fan. Like, you, there's no way you wouldn't be a Ramones fan. Right, right. So, uh, well, well, like I've got, all the people that wear Ramones t-shirts, I don't believe that they're, no, they're I that don't dialed either. into the Ramones. But also... Um, they had their marketing down though. Their logo was good. Well, I that's mean, the whole thing. Of, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. They had the look, but yeah. I yeah, and, and a lot of like people. The, the parents weren't against it. Like a lot of the punk bands, you know, like they would say like you know fuck and have like you know images that parents didn't approve of. But the Ramones kind of like are like you know the G-rated punk band. I think well, that's, that's always been my problem with the Ramones and the Clash. Mm-hmm. Is it's just like okay, yeah, whatever. They got their thing, but then when you listen to like uh, Fear and Black Flag and the Dead or Kennedys the or like the right. Germs, yeah, it's like yeah. that's punk rock. No, that's like I want the. Dec- I love the Germs. What the- we do is secret. That's like my motto. But it's like yeah, the decline of Western civilization bands. It's like. The, like the, the Ramones, they did kind of, it was very well orchestrated and well put together. And like the same with The Clash. Like, punk to me is like Black Flag. It's like <laughs> yeah. gutter, gutter people. It's like scary. Basically, yeah. like you're, you're barely, you're living like in abandoned houses <laughs> and like you. you yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's more of a lifestyle. Like, yeah, the cramps, the germs, yeah. like Richard Hell. The circle jerks. Like these guys that are, like, it's not just the music, that you're literally like on the edge human beings. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you're, you're, you gonna, you're, you're not going to see 25. No, you don't care about <laughs> living know. or dying. Yeah. Like, so you, I worked with Pat Smear from the Germs because for a long time, like after their, after Darby Crash died, they just didn't do anything. And, um, I was 
working for this concert company, Golden Voice, mm-hmm. and I worked in the box office. And this um, this guy that I worked with, Rick Van Santen, he's he was friends with Pat Smear, and Pat needed a job, so we gave Pat a job in the box office, and he would work with me in the box office for concerts. And it was so fucking awesome working with Pat Smear. You have no idea. He seems like a fun dude. Yeah. He's so nice and so fun. Now, was he... Wait, what's the guy in the germs that died? Darby? Darby Crash was the singer that OD'd the same day that John Lennon died. And so everybody forgot about Darby Ooh. because they were all concerned about John Lennon. Oh, oh. He, he got the Farrah Fawcett, Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah, right, right. short end of the stick. Yeah, totally. But was, <laughs> he was, the was Pat Smear kind of like a... Was he a, was he a bad boy? Uh, Pat Smear, like, I don't know. He didn't have much... Mm, I mean, I don't know. He didn't have a reputation as like a bad boy. Mm. Um, I mean, what did he? I don't even remember if he played bass or guitar. I think he was guitar. Guitar. So he's in the Foo Fighters now because what happened was after Golden Voice, you know, and Nirvana started to come up and get big. Kurt Cobain loved the Germs, and Kurt Cobain asked Pat to go on tour with them in Europe, Mm. and so. So Pat would ride in the bus with Kurt, and then there was another bus with the other guys in the band because nobody wanted to ride with Kurt because he was so depressed. And Pat and Kurt got to be really close. And when Kurt died, I heard that Pat was really, really upset. Yeah, You know, it's interesting. I bet Nirvana... Okay, so they had the three albums. I bet... I bet they would only have. I bet they were only going to last like two more years. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't. Yeah, they even if imploded, Kurt Cobain hadn't sure. died, they weren't going to last. Yeah, no they way. Um, one one thing I wanted to ask you, Lee, because you 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 know all these like legendary uh, musicians. Oh, oh, what do we got there? Uh, it's FaceTime from mom. Uh. From mom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is is like so so? And you knew like, and you're like backstage at the Ramones, and like you knew all these guys. How does that happen? Like, do you just were you just going to shows, and you just got to become like the top so, echelon of like rocker friends? I um I had a really gregarious personality and I was really outgoing and really wild and um I like I gravitated towards you know mute the music business and stuff like that and um I just started writing like I got to know people and I and like people would let me into clubs and um like I just started to get, make friends with people and so then the people at the LA Weekly asked me if I would contribute to this weekly gossip column and once I started once the word got out that I was writing for the LA Weekly gossip column I was like a VIP and like the club people would just like pack my nose with coke and get me in in front of like there'd be lines of hundreds of people and they would let me in and so I got to know a lot of people that way and like I was just really outgoing and loved to party and like I just uh, I don't know I just had a really good personality I guess <laughs> yeah, clearly. I like how, I like how that's all it took. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people were, were came from trauma, and I have a little bit of a traumatic background myself. And I think we all like with the Chili Peppers. You know, like I think I've mentioned, I I read their books, and they talked about their childhoods, and we never talked about that stuff back then. But looking back now on my childhood and thinking about their childhoods and stuff like that, I think we all kind of bonded because we had some common yeah. shit that we went through. Yeah, they don't want. They, I feel like they don't want to hang out with anybody who had like it, like was on easy. No, well, it's like a it's a vibrational connection. It's like, oh, I came from a fucked up background. I can tell this person did too. We're gonna be we're gonna be made. Yeah, I think that's what happened with me with stand up comedy. Mm -hmm. Is that I'm not like like my my our childhood was pretty nice. Yep. And then I was hanging out with a lot of comedians who had a really really hard upbringing and a really hard childhood. And like 
I don't know. We could never, like, I remember these guys would introduce me to their other friends and be like, this is Phil. He's the only normal comedian. I was like, right. I don't know if this is my world. Yeah. Uh, no, you need to, yeah, you need to kind of be a train wreck to, <laughs> to be able to do the comedy. When, how old were you when you started going to club shows in Hollywood, Aliki? Did you go to Hollywood High? Uh, no, I grew up in Palos Verdes. It's a suburb of L.A., and it's oh, yeah. very, like, uh, very removed from L.A. because there's not even, like, a freeway close to it. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, 25 miles from where I live now. It's in the South Bay, um, and it's very idyllic there. It's, like, uh, it's zoned for horses, so I grew up riding horses, and everyone's really rich there, and we were, like, the poor rich people. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Like so uh, my high school was called Mira Last High, and it looked down over LA like it had a view of LA and I would like when punk music started coming out I just like I knew that like I would read about in the LA Weekly I would read these this column that I eventually ended up writing for and it would talk about all the punk shows and all the people who went and I got to know like all the punk rockers you know by reading this column and I idolized these girls these punk girls mm-hmm. um, and like I I got this job at a punk rock store and I started meeting people and I ended up working at clubs and working for golden voice that concert company right were you doing were you doing uh no, nose beers in uh in high school <laughs> nose nose what nose uh, cocaine what do you call it nose no, beers nose beers <laughs> that is the greatest word for coke ever um, okay so in high school we had the best coke like you don't there's no coke like that now the, the coke that is out there today is like severely cut i think Right. And like I don't think it's the same. I think they're putting some other stuff in there too. Like oh, maybe yeah. meth or something or some Probably. kind of speed. But like the coke back then was so pure and clean. Oh my god. When I had no like I had no idea back then, but now looking back, oh my god. Like you can't feel if your I could get that coke today, I would be like dynamite like <laughs> I'm so happy. yeah well it's like it's like um it's like when i talk to people who go to columbia mm-hmm. and like the the drug dealers will like they'll have the different kinds of coke and it's like if you take this one don't leave your hotel wow did you see that movie <laughs> maria full of grace oh my god yeah the drug mules the, dr- so the drug crazy. mules just swallowing those condoms full of coke oh god it's so yeah i mean that you got to be in a tough you got to be in a tough spot to do that but they they were kind of like pushed into as like a human trafficking type situation right but they would you have to eat the the condom filled with coke right and then you get a laxative when you when you when you cross the border and then you you get rid of the coke but like a lot of the the times the 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 condom will break and you know the people will die but you know before they die that's like the coke the coke experience of a lifetime Well, I mean, imagine like when the condom first breaks and the coke first starts to leak, you're going to be like, oh, fuck. Like, wait a second. I feel like I just did a, but wait, no, I just feel like I just did the biggest. Like, wait, I feel like I just, I'm on an entire condom full of cocaine. Oh my God. Heart, ex- heart explosion. And then, uh, but then, uh, wait, were, were you a drug mule? Was I a what? Were you, wait, were, how did we get into a Maria Full of Grace? Uh, drug mules, but, uh. Oh. Oh what wait! Oh the no no the, so the cocaine. Let's just go back to nose beers. <laughs> yeah. So, but that I would that will, or like in that show, the night of where the woman the the woman comes to the to visit him uh, and she oh, right. she takes the cocaine yeah. out of in the condoms out of her vagina, hands it to him under the table, and then he has to swallow it. 
I could maybe <sighs> I could maybe swallow the condom if it hadn't come out of an orifice, but that would be hard to put down. I'd gag. I'd be a horrible drug smuggler in jail. I'm really glad that I don't smuggle drugs. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that I don't do because it or just to have to do that to get them somewhere. It's like yeah. there's got to be drugs where we're going. I got. Right. I told you I got busted buying heroin downtown, right? And I had to swallow the balloons. No. Oh wow! So you almost you almost had this experience. Yes, it was, I had a very close experience to this. Where, but it was just tiny little balloons. But this, I I was trying not to do heroin, and this girl was like really wanted me to go get heroin with her downtown. And you'd go on Union Street, Sixth uh, and Union was where you'd go get it. And there would be these Salvadoran guys standing on the street, and like you'd pull over, and they'd say, "How many do you want?" And you'd say like three, and they'd spit out three balloons out of their mouth, and you'd give them sixty bucks and drive off. <laughs> but sometimes there was nobody. Sometimes none of the guys were around because they'd be doing a sting the police would be there so it was one of those days where we couldn't find anyone we were driving around and driving around and finally we found this one guy and he said i have to get in the car because there's cops everywhere so he got in the car and he's like how many do you want and we said three and he handed me three balloons and as soon as he handed them to me all these sirens came out of nowhere and the cops were like coming at us from all directions and the guy started telling me eat it eat it Oh. And so I swallowed them. I had like a soda and I just gulped them down and the, and the cops yanked me out of the car and they like were sticking their hand in my mouth and feeling around for it. And they took us, they took me and my friend to this, um, they had like a parking lot set up for their sting and they had all these drug dealers um, handcuffed to the fence. And then they separated me and my friend and the one cop came and talked to me after a few minutes and he's like, look, we know you came down here just to score drugs and if you just tell us what you were doing, we're going to let you go. And mm. I was like, okay, I came down here to score drugs let me go yeah. like, okay so he he walked away and a few minutes later he came back and he's like can you please talk to your friend and my friend was like i watch tv and i know these tricks and i know you're just tricking me because he went over and told her the same thing and i was like just tell him we came here to get drugs and so she finally admitted it and he let us walk back to our car and they had like slashed the car and like searched it and everything like that and we went home and i stuck my finger down my throat and threw up and <laughs> shot up <laughs> oh, oh nice so so all's well that ends well yeah it was a close call wait for sure. oh you threw up the drugs yeah they said that if i didn't tell wow. them i was there to buy heroin that they were going to put me in jail and wait till i pooped it out <laughs> wow oh god imagine if, you, if like that's your position on the police force you, you get relegated to <laughs> having to sit next to someone while they're on the toilet and then fishing through their feces uh, for the balloons i think they have like, probably something they put they probably have something they lock onto the toilet you know like that catch that catches everything oh man <laughs> if i was if i was in that position and i'm like handcuffed to a toilet in a police station waiting to poop the drugs out i would just be like i'm done with drugs i think yeah that would yeah that'd be a real dark night of the soul yeah because you you know it's not i i would just be like look i i I, i've got the heroin like can you just like can we just can i just be on the honor system here and (laughs) i'll tell you exactly how much it is yeah yeah (laughs) that's uh that's not a that that got Salvadorian guy spitting it out. So I don't think his practice has survived COVID. You know, my I, I that might have been the end of me with the drugs too. Like, I, if I had to watch the drugs come out of someone's mouth before oh. I bought them, I mean, I guess if you really want heroin it's bad enough, well, yeah, that's the thing. So right. you know, you have to open it up. Still, it's not like you're. T- it's still like you're touching spit. It's gross, but you know. But if you want heroin, you're you're you're, you're going to do anything to, to do to do probably that. even some things so worse is, than this that. This is before they had you know Vicodin and OxyContin were invented. Was 
you know, they were people were doing heroin in in the eighties, and then OxyContin came out in the nineties, and doctors started prescribing it, and they'd get like a free trip to Hawaii if they prescribed. Yeah, Oxy so, Oxy's the captain now. Kind yeah. of. Oh, fentanyl's the captain now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do, do people even do hair? I mean, I'm sure they do, but yeah. And, well, today it's so hard to get those all those OxyContin's and Vicodin's that I heard that people are going back to heroin now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so heroin's back. So sixth, and just Union. like in Pulp Fiction. So sixth and Union. <laughs> <laughs> Sixth and Union and um so my boyfriend was in this band at the time and he wrote this strong this song called Union Street and like it, the the words go thought she got what she needed I think she got what she deserved down on Union Street that's where my baby gets her dope Da-da-da-da-da-da. and it was about you <laughs> yeah it was about me wow the record was about me can we get the album on Spotify uh probably it's Thelonious Monster. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be great if it was Thelonious Monk. Uh, yeah, right. singer, so I was um, dating this guy, uh, Thelonious Monk. I, I met this guy because he couldn't shoot himself up. Right. Like that's how we became boyfriend. Now that's punk rock. That is, that is punk rock. rock. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then we broke up and, um, I hit him over the head with a lead pipe. <laughs> also punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now he's a, What's that? Counseling. He does like addiction counseling. He has like reality TV shows with Dr. Drew and does addiction counseling. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the audio just, wait, can you just say something? Say something? Oh, yeah, something? we're good. We're back. Um, so, wait, yeah, that was a very punk rock story. Like the biggest I've ever heard. I met this guy, and I met him because he couldn't shoot himself up. This is a song? And then, This is the song. Yep. Woo! It's actually a good song. I like the horns. Wait, I like that. That's about you. <laughs> this is Why, wow. That, that song. Whole, that whole record is about me. That song should be called a leaky. That's a way better song title. Oh my god, I love that. Uh, this is this is punk rock. Uh, Joey Ramon, if you're listening, take notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from heaven, from heaven or hell or wherever. You yeah. Are. See, no. See, to me, the, no. You know what the Ramones in the Clash are? They're, it's pop music. Yeah, it's pop music. It's just. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like Johnny. I'm not like Lester Bangs. I'm not going to try to say what I think this certain music is. But like to me, that's punk rock. Right. Yeah. That is. But yeah, that that whole story. Like I met my boyfriend because uh, he couldn't shoot up, and then when we broke up, I hit him over the head with a lead pipe. You should write a punk album. <laughs> or just a book. Yeah. Ah, it's not. It's not a bad. Yeah. Idea. Really. Yeah. Wait. Downtown LA in the what? What year was this? Eighty six. Uh, when? When, when, oh, when we got arrested? Yeah. Uh, probably like, yeah, 86, 87. That must have been terrifying down there. It was pretty gnarly. But, <laughs> yeah, like, sure. I, yeah. to it. Like, I mean, I, I would do whatever I could to get downtown sometimes. I, if I didn't have a car, I'd take the bus. And I actually, I had a job working at the Variety Arts Center, which is on Olympic. Oh, no, it's on Figueroa and 9th, right? 
it's by Stable Center now, but there's no Stable Center when I worked there. And I would work there at night during concerts, and then I would take the bus home by myself at like you know midnight or one in the morning. And I think I was fucking nuts. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. And then would you ever pop into Hank's bar? Um, I went there once or <laughs> twice. Wow, that bar in '86 must have been amazing. Yeah, Holy shit. Mean, you, you were gonna be having bar. drinks there's with like the Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah, there's always exactly. been some crazy dive bars in LA. Like, there's always a dive bar, you know. Yeah. No, last time I was at Hanks, this like weird because it's part of a hotel, like an SRO kind of hotel, and this like really like intense looking dude was at the bar reading a book. And then when he went up to go to the bathroom, I just kind of peeked at what it was, Helter Skelter. Yeah. When you're just hanging out at like a L.A. downtown dive bar that's attached to a hotel reading <laughs> Helter Skelter on a Tuesday <laughs> right. night. And that was 2012. Yeah. Can you, Is uh, that 1986. the where the Night Stalker was staying? Because there that was, was the Cecil. The Cecil. we were going to when he was staying there. The, the Cecil. Cecil yeah. Hotel. The Cecil Hotel. We would go. We would go to clubs there, and there would be like weddings going on in the other banquet room. There'd be like punk bands playing next oh, door. Wow. It was funny. And then did you know that that hotel down there, the Sunshine Hotel? I don't know the Sunshine Hotel. There's a, I just saw a documentary about it. I'd never even heard of it. It's this hotel in the Arts District. Hmm. And it was like kind of a L.A. kind of Chelsea Hotel thing. Like a lot of artists and punk rock people lived there. And now it's like you can just like it's like on Airbnb. You get. <laughs> oh, of course. It was kind of like. But it, I don't know. It didn't feel like to me like the Cecil is is punk rock. Yeah, yes. it really is. But uh, so are, are we going to transition now into calling things punk rock beset, that isn't punk rock music? Right. Because that's one of the most irritating yeah, things. It, re- it really kind of is. Well, they said, uh, yeah, they, I think they said, like, uh, uh, who was it recently? Uh, but they, when people, when anything that is called punk rock that isn't an actual like, punk rock musician, it's kind of cringy. It's very cringy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what, what finally got you to stop doing um, heroin? You know, I just, like, like, Achi. I just got, I mean, I started taking pills, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped doing heroin. <laughs> it was hard to get, you know, it got harder and harder to get heroin and easy to get Vicodin. And so I just switched, basically. Wait, is Oxy stronger than heroin? Uh, I was like, be. I'm off of heroin. I went to AA because everybody in LA did, everybody in LA did heroin in the 80s. And then everybody went to AA in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I, I did my AA thing and then like I kind of you know kept drinking and doing pills after that. L A A. That's really what the city's nickname should be. Yeah, it really should. And then all roads lead to Camp Good Boy. So like in in around 2003 or 2004, I just I just got fed up with everything and like the feeling of not having the pills and having to deal with it and like it just I just I think I just grew out of it or something you know I just kind of. Like, I had a really good job, and I was into my job, and I just kind of gradually tapered off the pills. And, like, I wasn't ever, like, a really intense, crazy, like, drug addict like some people were. I was more, like, just maintenance. Like That is a great story, though, because usually most people quit heroin because they just completely bottomed out. It's nice to be like, mm-hmm. man, I just kind of grew out of it. Yeah. <laughs> And now you're on Pachamama CBD. Yeah. And now I'm on so CBD. This whole episode has just been Canvas. one one long ad for Pachamama CBD. What a great uh, timeline! Heroin pills, PC Pachamama CBD. Yeah. So just go to enjoy Pachamama. Camp one five discount code. You get fifteen percent off. I mean, because of because of having Lyme disease, I had to quit 
drinking altogether. I tried drinking like a year ago and I got so sick the next day that I will never, ever, ever. It's like if somebody smashed your hand with a hammer every time you did something, you wouldn't do it anymore. So like all I have is my CBD and my cannabis now. And then like I exercise like a maniac. Yeah. So. Well, that's like the, like uh, Anthony Kiedis is all about health now. Like you get addicted to health. Right. Yeah, if, if you live long enough and you don't die from drugs, you start to really appreciate being alive, I guess. Yeah. Well, because if you aren't on drugs and you get into like more positive things, you like, you feel the way that you never felt which got you to do the drugs in the first place. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you get to this point where it's like, wait a second, if I knew about this years ago, but you can't, you got to get there. You got to get there. Yeah, no, yes, you don't. I had to find my way. Yeah. It's yeah. not easy. No. It's a long road. Yeah. You're going to be uh, handcuffed at a police station, yeah. being forced to take laxatives to get the condoms of heroin that right, you right. swallowed that just also came out of a Salvadorian drug dealer's mouth. Yeah, the coming out of the... Why does he just have it in his pocket? Although I guess he just has to have it in his mouth. Right. Because if he gets frisked, he can just swallow it. Yeah. Man, what, what, a, uh, what a racket that is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. God damn it. Wait, Aliki, did you go on the road with uh, some of these bands? No, I was always doing the... I mean, I did fly out to the road to visit them at different dates, but I mostly stayed in L.A. and did the home office, like, tour tour accounting. Oh, okay. Um, I I was working for Golden Voice, and the uh, the owner was basically laundering his... He was selling a lot of um, weed. Like, you could watch the Coachella documentary, and they explained this in the first 45 minutes, where the guy who owned Golden Voice was selling uh, weed, and it was illegal at the time, and he got arrested in a big, big sting operation, and he went to federal jail for, like, 20 years, and the two guys that I worked with, Rick and Paul, took the company over and bought it from him, and they started Coachella, but they were really struggling for a couple years, so I incorporated them, and I helped them start their company, and I was working at accounting firms. Um, Like, I just had to go get a job when he got arrested for selling marijuana. I I started working in accounting firms, and basically started out as an assistant at this one accounting firm that handled all these old school like celebrities like Lloyd Bridges oh, and, uh, and yeah. like like my first day they gave me these two stacks of they gave me a stack of reports and a stack of envelopes and the envelopes had all these people's addresses on them and this was like before computers and they would do their they would pay all their bills and at the end of the month they would send them a report of all the bills that had been paid and they would give them copies of their credit card statements and it was like their financial package they got every month and uh, my boss told me to stuff these um, papers into the envelopes and then take them to the mail room and so I, I accidentally stuffed Martin Sheen financial report into <laughs> Lloyd Bridges and I stuffed Lloyd Bridges into Martin Sheen's so I swapped them and they each got each other's whole financial information that feels yeah. like it could have been an 80s movie but with Lloyd Bridges <laughs> yeah but basically I got in so much trouble I almost got fired and I was like I can't be an assistant because I'm like really bad at this so I went back to UCLA and studied accounting yeah and, but like, that is kind of like that's like the dark side of sobering up in the 80s like all during like the heroin years, you're hanging out with like the germs and all this and stuff, like, and then and, and then you're, and you're stuffing papers for Lloyd Bridges. This girl told me the girl whose job I took 
over the assistant. She's like, I couldn't do this filing before I left, so all these, all this filing needs to go into that central filing room. And the central filing room was so fucking scary. It was like this huge room with papers everywhere. And so there was these documents, like Martin Sheen's house purchase document needed to go back in there. And I took all the files and just threw them in the trash. Oh, <laughs> wow. I, I tried to do this. That was like what I would do it when I was a 10. I was like, yeah. fuck this. She left it. She left this big pile. It's not my fault. Yeah, just trash it. And so, <laughs> That's so pretty I went punk rock. To, yeah, I went yeah. back to school and I learned more accounting and I got... I, I moved around to a couple different firms, and I got poached to like the by the um, the Motley Crue accountant's girlfriend. Um, like at the at the first business management firm, they told me that this I could go get a facial from this dermatologist client they had, and the girl that gave me the facial was dating Motley Crue's CPA, and she was like, "We need a tour accountant for Motley Crue. Do you want to come work with us?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I moved I moved to working for the Motley Crue CPA, and it was down at the end of sunset and um yeah that was just that was a crazy couple of years i did the dr feelgood uh tour wow. and i did their personal accounting and bookkeeping i'd love to see that expense report oh yeah really um it was like <laughs> right and all the code names for like <laughs> hookers uh cocaine. i mean there's so many stories but one really weird thing that I could never figure out was, like, I would get their utility bills for Motley Crue, and it would have their legal names on it, not their band name, and people would write in pencil, Motley Crue rocks, and they'd draw pentagrams on their bills. Like, I don't know if it was somebody at the gas company or somebody at the post office that did it or somebody in my office building, but I would get bills with their, like, little notes to, like, Motley Crue rocks, and it would just be so weird. Wow, a pentagram. Yeah. Motley Crue doesn't strike me as pentagram. I can't wait for the first person from Spectrum Cable who listens to Camp Good Boy. (laughs) It's just like, good morning, campers. (laughs) Love the pod. With a pentagram? $89.99, yeah. The pentagram. That's weird. Like, pentagram. That... Molly Crew just doesn't no, seem very pentagrammy. They, they use that pentagram in their in their um Shout at the record. devil. Shout at the devil. Yeah, shout to the oh devil. fuck. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. But they weren't yeah, like they were all satanic. Were they devil worshippers? They just acted like that was part of their marketing. Right, right. You know. They were sober when I was working for them. They had recently gotten sober, just like everybody else in LA. And they had this guy named Bob Timmons who was an AA guy. And this was like in nineteen ninety one and they were paying him like twenty five hundred or three grand a week to go on tour with him with them. Maybe even five grand a week. It was like a, it was a lot of money for back then. Mm-hmm. Um and so he was basically their their babysitter, you know? And so they still were really crazy with girls and stuff like that, but um, they, they shopped a lot, too. Like, they started shopping and buying stuff <laughs> they didn't do when they were on drugs. <laughs> yeah, who, who shops on drugs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all you do is buy more drugs when you're on drugs, but they were, like, started buying cars, and, like, they all, oh, like, yeah. one, one bought a new Ferrari, and then the other ones bought a new Ferrari. Um, but, like, the three guys in the band, Nikki and um, Mick... And uh, Tommy, they wrote most of the songs, and the singer Vince didn't write so much. So Vince didn't have as much money as the other three. So the other three would buy like a new Ferrari, you know, like a new Testarossa that was like two. But Vince would go buy like a Ferrari that was like a used Ferrari from some like uh, retired NBA player. Mm. It was like it had lights down the side, and like the seat had been bolted way far back, so Vince couldn't reach the pedals when he first bought it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tough life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah, it was like, it was interesting. But I would get phone calls from like, uh, the MGM Grand called me and said, you know, sent me a bill because they had a party and they like smeared cake. They said there was cake everywhere on the walls, the ceiling, the carpet. And the, the, the company that rents the plane, uh, Clay Lacey Aviation, they called me once and they said, your band tried had a, had a competition to bounce a ham off of all four sides of the plane. <laughs> Wait, tried to bounce a what? They were so mad. They called me and they're like, your band wrecked our plane. And I'm like, what did they do? And they go, they took the ham and they were trying to bounce it off of all four sides of the plane. Wow. Like they were throwing the ham on the ground and like, oh, trying to ham. bounce it. Oh, got it. Okay. You know, it's interesting though, that that was the sort of how they divvied up the money because the one time I, I saw Nikki six at a really, really expensive restaurant in Beverly Hills. And the time I've seen Vince Neil was at the bar at Duke's Malibu. <laughs> So the, the, yeah. the, the publishing splits must still be uh, t- tipped in the <laughs> other guys' favor. The three guys were really nice because they actually formed a partnership and they made Vince an equal partner and they put like 25% of all of their royalties into that partnership so that Vince would get extra money. Mm-hmm. They were really generous with him. But didn't Vince, but, Vince Neil had a uh, reality show or was that Brett Michaels? Brett no, Michaels. Vince Neil uh, had the reality show uh, uh, never mind. in Las Vegas. Oh, he did have one. Yeah. Oh, so he's I got that reality it. show money. Yeah. I mean, Tommy might have had a show too by now. Well, he had a porno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. He, Tommy was married to Heather Locklear when I right. worked for them. And um, the guitar player, Vince, married one of the backup singers while I was working for them. So I went to her bachelorette party at um, Gladstone's in Malibu. And Heather Locklear was sitting next to me. And me and Heather Locklear got so drunk. Like, she was a total partier. And um, people kept bringing us stuff, like, because Heather was there. They kept bringing us, like, trays of crab and shrimp because of Heather Locklear. That's amazing. <laughs> this, this, yeah. I, this town. And I would, and I would house it. Um, <laughs> then when Vince, um, I mean, when Mick Mars and his wife, um, Amy, she was the backup singer, when they were on tour, I would go to their house in Malibu and house it because she had, like, nine Persian cats. And they had this amazing house that was up in the middle of nowhere off, off of Yerba Buena Road up at the top of Mulholland in Malibu. And I would go up there and just stay there for days in their house. It was amazing. Wow. What uh, was, did, what was like, the? did you find any weird... Uh, I feel like if there was anyone worshipping the devil in Molly Crew, it was Mick Mars. Yeah, yeah really. I, did, I, I definitely did some snooping, but I didn't really find anything, like, anything... Although, good, is it, I think he's just a quiet dude. Yeah. Like, he didn't party, did he? I, he, see, he, the thing is, is he was more—he was older, and he yeah, was more like yeah, practical. Right, right. He was a practical one, right? You know, like. So I don't know. Yeah, they yeah. just. Yeah. So I know that that song shouted the devil, but yeah, it kind of felt like they were kind of posers a little bit. Well, no, like Jimmy Page was was, That's was, devil was actually yeah. like willing things, and like <laughs> yeah. there, there was one band that like they were pretty sure like Jimmy Page put a curse on this this one band that was supposed to be big, mm-hmm. and like maybe what they. Band? I forget what it, you know, when they, when it was on the show that I was watching, I'd never even heard of them. I mean, cause Jimmy Page, obviously it was probably spirit. It, he did a good enough job, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, with his, with his, um, with his spell. But I mean, Jimmy Page was really into like mm. the occult and yeah. Aleister Crawley and like, I can, it, whether they sold their soul to the devil or Jimmy Page was just using, uh, you know, magic. Mm. However, you know, you know, the way people use like manifestation or whatever. I'm pretty sure that Jimmy Page was, was conjuring with something. To get oh Zeppelin. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have you ever read the book, uh, the Led Zeppelin book? Hammer of the Gods. Hammer of the Gods. 
thoughts? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I, you know, in thoughts. fact, I read that in sixth grade <laughs> and I did, I was obsessed with Zeppelin when I was, when I was a kid, which isn't abnormal because there is something kind of, I think even not just how people like rock bands, like to kids, Zeppelin were kind of this like, so they, 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 well, uh, not even, I, I don't even remember like, uh, beaten off to Zeppelin, but <laughs> it was like, they, they kind of had this like Viking kind of like supernatural, which, well, which, which they I mean, did. Ze- I mean, Zeppelin was the first music I listened to when I was six and we started partying in high school we would drive around listening to Led Zeppelin all the time but as like a kid like a 6th grader there was something kind of like sorcererish about yeah, them yeah. Which, which it turns out there probably was well I mean the lyrics have Lord of the Rings references in them yeah. not that you were a Lord of the Rings fan but all that stuff when I was growing up too like all that Satan worship yeah stuff. and I, I remember though I did a bo- I, I did a book report on Hammer of the Gods in 6th oh grade <laughs> and I had like the, the shoe box where you look into it and there's a Zeppelin concert but I would be uh. like I was telling him and I was like, yeah, and then they sold their soul to the devil, and they used to tie groupies up, and like the teacher called my my parents and was just like, all right, we gotta, this wasn't on the reading list, like we, we, we need, uh, he was supposed to do like Iggy's house and other like Judy <laughs> yeah, right. Bloom. Yeah. Death Be Not Proud. Yeah, yeah totally. <clears throat> but also, it's good that school shooting wasn't a thing back then. Right. Because you would have been like on the watch list immediately. Totally, yeah. <laughs> totally. But I was obsessed, and, and as like a young kid, like I was, they, they were like gods to Oh, me, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, you know what? It was that uh, it was that song you made the same concert movie that came out, and literally there's a part where yeah, they're on horses and right. there's like a, almost like a Game of Thrones they, thing going. They were on like there. wizards, yeah, kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Or like they, they lived in like the Middle Ages, and and, and they're just so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just accessible on so many different age weird, levels. I also had an interesting thing happen to me where I started working at a, another rock and roll accounting firm, business management firm, and they handled a lot of big bands. And like my first day there, I had to go down to meet someone at the bank and one of the partners came and said can you take this down we need to close this bank account for this person because they died and I looked at the um, I looked at the death certificate and it was a death certificate they wanted me to go give to the bank and it said Frederick Balsara and I was like whoa it's Freddie Mercury I had Freddie Ah. Mercury's death certificate oh wow do you still and have I, it? <laughs> I Xeroxed it, and I gave it to all my friends that loved Queen, and I somehow lost it over the years. And my friend Rick, who passed away, he, like, he started Coachella, and then he died in 2004. He had it on his wall, but I don't. But he's gone, so I can't get it from him. And like, I think I gave it to another friend of mine, and he's supposed to be looking for it. Like, I'm trying to find it. It's. It says that he died of AIDS. Mm. Mm. Uh, oh, is that what it was? Breaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, breaking on Camp Good Boy. Forget all the rumors. It was AIDS that killed Freddie it Mercury. It was definitely yeah. AIDS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, In case you were wondering. Yeah. Was he the first rocker to die of AIDS? Yes. Um, like up until then, the big nobody, yeah. nope, everybody was hiding it. And like, I remember I went with my friend's band was playing in Arizona. And so I went to Arizona, like Tucson and Phoenix with them. And we were coming back and on the radio, they were talking about a rumor of Rock Hudson, something about oh, Rock yeah. Hudson. Right. Like he might've died before Freddie Mercury, but they didn't admit he had AIDS. Mm-hmm. And just this, the whole AIDS thing was so weird the way it happened because like literally we would share needles back in the day and I was like sharing needles with uh, Anthony and Flea. We had gotten some heroin and we only had one needle so we had to share it and we were literally passing the needle around and the news was on my TV and they were talking about some mystery disease that was killing gay men in San Francisco. Hey, you know, by the way, even before AIDS, I don't know if I would have been sharing needles. Like the idea, I don't really even like sharing a... It. it was like you have to get like if you had to get high and you needed to 
get high and there was no other way. And like that, and I would go with Anthony sometimes to pharmacies to try to talk. He, Anthony would go say he was a diabetic and try to get them to give him needles. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I mean, it's really disgusting to talk about this now. Yeah, yeah. I don't even like sharing dinner. No, that, that's the thing. I don't. I yeah. I don't like when if somebody somebody like passes like, a joint at a concert. I'm like, no, I don't think if I, if something was inside somebody's like vein and then came to me, I'd be like. I'm good. Uh, yeah. So one time, we, one time Anthony was in the hospital because he didn't have water and he spat into the spoon and he shot up his own spit and he got <laughs> an infection. And I also have a friend of mine that died from that. He Whoa. got an infection from pretty, shooting up spit. It's pretty punk rock. That's pretty punk rock. <laughs> yeah, shooting up your own spit. See, you know why? You know why I don't like when people call things punk rock now because we don't live in a very punk rock <laughs> day and age. Yeah, this stuff's punk rock. Yeah, shooting up your own spit. Although 2020 is kind of punk rock, actually. <laughs> I take it back. Oh, my God. Wow, shooting up your own spit. That's these yeah, guys. These, these guys had all the tricks. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is, just, that is pretty gross. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just I'm picturing it right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, AK. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and then, uh, I, yeah, I feel like, yeah, Mercury was like, he was like the, the Elvis of dying of AIDS for rockers, but then didn't the guy from Rat, didn't he die of AIDS? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Or did he? Yeah, I think Steve he did. Percy? Whoever was the, the guy that died from Rat, from Rat, he died of AIDS. He got AIDS. <laughs> he got AIDS. I used to love Rat. I loved I, Yeah, I used to love AIDS. Rat was <laughs> That was the first tape I ever got was Rat. I reached for the Sky, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. God, my first two tapes were Rat and the Bengals. Wow, that's a polar, <laughs> pretty polarizing uh, One collection. from, uh, I think they were both one on the, what was it about uh, be calling into the radio station when you were young? Oh, just re- winning all the concerts? <laughs> I, think so. I think that's where I got it from. Yeah. It was the Rat guitarist died of AIDS. Right. Oh, uh, okay. R.I.P. Robin Crosby. Rest in peace. Round and round, he's not going round anymore. Yeah, although I do love that commercial where it's like, uh, "Honey, the house, the house is great, but it has a rat, a rat problem." <laughs> and then they open the door, and the band Rat is playing that in, is the, good. in the garage. I like that's his ringtone in Cobra Kai. Oh yeah, Miguel's that's ringtone. Right. Yeah, that <laughs> Cobra Kai is so good. Um, Aliki, yeah. have you watched Cobra Kai? I, I was just gonna say I have not seen that. I've heard so many good things about it. I'm so out of it. Like the latest thing I watched is Fleabag. That's, oh, that, that's I mean, a really that's good, good one. I had an idea that in the third season of uh, Cobra Kai, just because like karate nowadays, if Johnny just starts like a jujitsu <laughs> studio, it's just like kicks all their asses. Yeah, well, you know, if they're smart too, that Cobra Kai will actually open up actual dojos. <laughs> oh, oh, 100%. Yeah, you guys 100%. Love that show? It's, My it's, friend's it's, kid loves it too. It's, it's really good. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> Because sure karate now is like, I mean, I feel like guys that do jujitsu would, the, people that do karate would last two seconds mm-hmm. with a guy that does jujitsu. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little dated, which is why the show is so just great and funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They probably will start opening up a Cobra Kai because people are just like, oh, people are angry. Kids are angry. Yeah. You no, know, now you, now more than ever, you need to know karate. <laughs> kind of. Um, well, uh, we, we really, uh, we really got into it uh, Aliki. Well, I mean, you're going to be coming on often, but you got anything else on your mind you want to chat about other than, uh, uh, RBG and, uh, doing swallowing heroin. <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, I don't know. 
That's a perfectly acceptable answer. Yeah, no, I mean, how, how, you, I mean, where do you even go from me? I, I mean, I have so many stories. Well, def- definitely. Yeah, we got to talk. Wait, so you were kind of that. like, you were kind of part of early Coachella then. You're like part of Coachella's I history. Went, I was at the first Coachella. Um, yeah, it, I went. I went to Coachella until 2004, and it got really just so big and crowded, and like it was just. I might go again now, though. I'm thinking about it. Well, it's probably. Because, when will the next Coachella be? In like two um, years. I talked to Paul, the guy that does it, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything. But, uh, he said something about not doing it in 2021, but after I talked to him, they announced that they were going to do it in 2021. So I don't know if they just announced that because it's such an economic like force for mm-hmm. that area. There's so many jobs involved, and there's so much money that's being lost, and like they've had to lay off a lot of people. So um, I don't know. It's I, I don't see how they can have 165,000 people camping in in april 2021 but well Well, i guess if they because there's a way to do it with like if you just have it streaming and the bands are just playing and you just do molly at home yeah people just have little coachella parties at home you know he showed me a picture of people running and having fun like you know just people going wild and having a good time Mm -hmm. and he's like i don't want i want to i want this energy like i don't want to do things I want to make people wear masks and stay six feet away from each other like he doesn't want to do it like that right you know? no, well, I, I agree with well that. Dave Chappelle is having his he's having like a full-blown comedy festival like every week in his in his farm in Ohio and he's invested a hundred grand in rapid testing so if wow. Coachella wants to pony up like 500 grand for rapid testing because of the more people that are going to Coachella and everybody's is yeah. in there is it like a bubble? It's, is it like a, that's the thing like- or the thing at Chappelle is that he's just a farm. He created like a comedy stage and everything. And the so seat, people go there and they don't leave. I think you stay on the premises, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they and, you get and you get tested. You, perform, you, go, you can go if you want, but when you come, you have to do a rapid test and stay. Yeah, I think so. So if they create a thing where everybody you can't leave this this thing, and they have like now you you would, you would have to you would have to obviously not let as many people in as you normally would. Mm-hmm. But if they want to do if they want to invest in rapid testing, there's a way to do it. There's a way to figure it out. Yeah, that's going to be it. And it will be tough. Like the girls, they're like, they're all done up and their Molly's kicking in and then they get a COVID positive <laughs> test. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or you, yeah. You just take like a boatload of acid. Uh, yeah, man. You're, 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 te- yeah, you're positive for, yeah, just a big fishnet comes on your head and you get they, you, a spit hood gets put on <laughs> yeah, you. Really. Yeah. Yeah. But they, I feel like they could do it. Just the bands perform, and you can just stream it and watch it. I mean, no, they do. Things, they do that already. Things are I mean, gonna. To, to be honest, that's what I've been doing for the past, you know, the past ten years. Is I've been watching it on YouTube. I mean, I, I stream. I watch fish shows on TV, and like, I'm not. I'm not there being like, oh man, listen to how loud the crowd is. Right? Isn't that sick? No, I'm watching the music. Yeah. There's a way to. There's going to be like, a way to now, figure it like, out. We're watching. The, we got the football game on now, and like, there's people in the stands. Like, I think things are going to start moving pretty fast, despite the vibe. I mean, yeah, maybe people are just done with it. I, I just yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of fatigue. Um, like I, I walk past the rainbow all the time because I walk a lot, and there's it's crowded, it's packed in there. Like there's, pe- you know, because they say they're a restaurant, so they have all these outdoor tables set up. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, that place is at full capacity now at night, so they're going to open the bars. They said in October, and um, I don't know. They say that like you don't get it from touching surfaces now; that you get it from being in incl- in, in air, that it's floating in the air. And you get it in enclosed spaces, and that people that don't wear masks, you know, that have it, that are asymptomatic, or spreading it. So 
Yeah, I think we're withering down how you get it. Really, right. truly, how you get it. Yeah, but, you you're know, all up on somebody. Like, in a close place. Just staying to myself. Um, like I don't know. I don't see any reason to really go anywhere yet. Yeah. Right. Well, you've also got the Lyme disease. So does that count as an underlying condition? Um. They, so at first they thought that like. I don't know about Lyme, but, like, I do have some asthma and, like, um, bronchitis and, like, respiratory asthma, you mm-hmm. know, like, allergies and issues like that with my sinuses. And they said at first that people with asthma might be more susceptible to COVID, but now I read that they think that we have this, um, some, we have, like, some chemical that we make because we're always fighting off the allergies, and that chemical fights off the virus, too. Hmm. Like, there's some enzyme or something that you produce when you have allergies and asthma that yeah. fights the virus. Well, th- that's probably why I've been good because, yeah, I'm on allergy shots and I have allergies, so I'm probably, yeah, let's, I'm, I'm, let's go to a bar. I don't, I don't think I'm getting a flu shot this year because I wear a mask and I don't, like, mm-hmm. I go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I, went, I went out to dinner on Friday, but, like, it was outside and like, I'm, not getting, I'm not getting a flu shot. You guys are single, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys date? Are you guys dating right now? Define dating. <laughs> okay, so I'm single, and like I'm, I was starting to have a really good time before COVID, because like I was sick for so long, and I started to feel good at the end of last year, and so I started going out, and like I love to go out and meet people and talk to people, and I can't do that since COVID, so I started going on these like online dating apps, mm-hmm. and like it's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I mean, uh, I was da- I was do- I was really kind of in the weeds with dating in like July, which was stupid because like you can do it. I like we but we've talked about on the podcast how doing a Facetime with somebody before you meet them is just a great idea that should stay right even totally. after COVID because it's a good it's a good way to know if you actually would want to go meet somebody. But it is hard because your options are just kind of limited. I mean, you actually can't. I mean, they kind of are now with all the restaurants opened up with mm-hmm. the outdoor dining. Like- no, yeah, people, people. And I actually went on a date. I had a first date um, on Thursday, and I just we just went up to a picnic table in Griffith Park and fucked there. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of there's ways to do it. I think it's it's instead of because it's always like the first date drink. Now it's kind of like the first date like go on a walk. It's a little right. bit more like it's like the the old fifties. Yeah, so that's yeah, what guys bit. keep telling me is they want to come walk with me, but like I am a big time walker, and when I walk, like I get all sweaty, and like I have my music, and I have my whole routine down, and I don't really want anyone to go walking with me. Right. So yeah, like, I, try try the picnic my, table. Yeah, try the Dave. picnic table day. Yeah, you know the picnic fucking on the picnic table sounds like a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hey, there's this wooded area up by a grove. Why don't we meet in the woods? Uh, there's no one around. Tables. Yeah, I think now that the restaurants are open, I think maybe the dating's a little easier. But I have talked to girls who they don't even want to meet you. They don't even want to meet up. Right. They're I don't like, want to go to a restaurant. Like I don't want to be near any. Like I don't know. Well, I gotta I guess, hand it to restaurants. They do have it. They do have it pretty dialed in. They they check your temperature. You have to wear the mask inside, and then when you get to your table, you take the mask off. And I don't know. I mean, the tables are far. Are, you're you're pretty far apart from oh, other people. Oh, did you go to an inside restaurant? No, you had to walk inside to get out. Oh, there. right. Okay. Um, I I do think they have it figured out. I don't want to like speak for. I don't. I don't. I just haven't heard of a lot of outbreaks at these LA restaurants. Right. So. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe they've got it down. But I, I mean, but I totally understand if there's people that aren't. Like, Aliki, I totally get it if you're not comfortable going to one. Like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even really like restaurants before COVID because, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm on a restricted diet and I don't eat sugar or grains. 
and like, but I have this theory in my head that like restaurants are all trying to kill us. Like as an accountant and I've done accounting for restaurants, like it's, it's not about like spending, like putting good food into people's bodies. It's about like the bottom line and saving money. So like, I don't know. I used to like to go out to places to, to meet people, but I didn't eat like a lot of restaurants. And now I'm just like totally against restaurants. I don't know why. Like, mm. I mean, I don't like going out anyway. Yeah, I like. Uh, you got a good thing going with that picnic table. <laughs> yeah, like I like. I like restaurants like Moza and like Spago and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where it's like really good food. Like it's an experience, you know. And mm-hmm. none of those are open right now. Yeah, I'm an expensive date. Yeah, I don't think because uh, like you know I was driving through Culver City and like it's weird. Like some roads you'll take a left on, and those roads are closed now for picnic tables. But I feel mm-hmm. like yeah, Rodeo Drive and like Canyon are not. Uh, <laughs> They don't have, like, uh, <laughs> tables out in the middle of the street. Like. Yeah, right. They should. I, uh, I mean, God, I was driving through West Hollywood on um, uh, one of – it was either Thursday or Friday. And, I mean, Melrose what was packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you, you, would, you wouldn't even think there was a pandemic going on. Right. Now, granted, all the seating was outside, but, I mean – there were a lot of fucking people out. So I really do think people are just like... People have had it. They've they're, had they're it. And I th- again, I think people are just... They're just doing the numbers or they're doing the math. So they're do, like... Do you guys yeah. know anybody that had COVID? Uh, we know one Pete Van. Oh, uh, uh, Pat. Pat Van. He had it. He's fine. In LA? Yeah. Where? He's in, he lives in Mar Vista. He had it and he's fine now. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think he had a sore throat and that was it for right. like a day. Yeah, I know. I knew a girl that had it, and she had like a flu. I'm starting to hear. I'm actually starting to hear more and more people that know somebody. I don't. I don't know anybody in my kind of inner circle of friends and family that have had it. But I'm hearing more and more people that knew someone that had it, and literally they recovered no, really quickly. There, there, there's like there's ten horror stories, and <laughs> yeah, ten out of the the millions of people that have it, and CNN runs those stories yeah, over, over and over, and over yeah. again yeah. to make you, you feel know, like I it's got, worse. I got really, really sick at the end of december and i think i might have had it because yeah. i was so sick like i it took me it took me until recently like my lungs are just starting to get better again like it really messed me up and i was like shaking and grinding my teeth and i told everybody i was dying and i did get an antibody test but i didn't get the antibody test until june or july maybe july and so if i had covid in december they say that you wouldn't even have antibodies that long so. yeah no the antibody tests aren't even like that accurate because i got yeah. that i was kind of i was a kind of i thought i had it too uh but and i got the antibody test and i didn't but again the 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 sick i was in february is not anything i've ever had before like i had the red eyes Mm -hmm. i had some difficulty breathing if i got up to go even to the bathroom Mm -hmm. um but uh but yeah i mean who knows but yeah you just listen i'll probably always i think wear the mask to the grocery store and yeah. the other places, I think so because it's like, look, if I'm going to get sick, I'd rather get sick at like at the rainbow <laughs> rather than Doing like just, fun, just yeah. going to like pick up like you know yeah. hot pockets, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and I just get COVID from some random weirdo. No, it's you know what's but, yeah. weird. It's like today, like before we did this, I went for a walk and I left my house and I felt like something was wrong. Like I felt like I left my key, I locked myself out, or something felt really wrong. And I got like down to sunset and I realized I didn't have my mask on. And mm-hmm. like I had to go back up the hill and get my mask. Oh, that's happened like, to me, yeah, a couple yeah. times. Like you feel, I feel naked now. I agree. It. Yeah, it's me like, too. Am I gonna have that forever? 
Hey, you might, might be for a little while. There's going to be a little shell shock from some, some COVID shell masks, shell yeah. shock. I do. I actually have my own COVID test. Every day I, when I wake up, uh, I smell, <laughs> I, I open up a bottle of whiskey and I smell it just to make sure I still have my smell. Oh, there you go. And That's then I test. smell, I have garlic powder and I open that up. If I can smell those two, I'm like, I think I'm all Whoa, right. Whoa, it's the life hack yeah. here over here. We got to get this guy the <laughs> job at the CDC. If you how just is, smell yeah, booze. How is that not a new testing? That, that should be the rapid test before you go into Coachella. Yeah. Can you smell this bottle of whiskey? Yeah. Yeah, and then so yeah, a bottle of booze or, or garlic powder, garlic. garlic powder. Yeah, there you go. If I can smell those, I don't think I have COVID. Nice. Well, uh, it's but yeah, it's uh, dating's dating is tricky in COVID, but it, it's making people get a little bit more, I guess, creative. So you know, picnic table and right uh, in the woods. Yeah, but I, I've met some girls. All right, but I, again, I've never met them because they literally don't want to meet. They don't even want to go on a walk because they're so bugged out. And I was like. I just got tested. I'm negative. I'll wear a mask. They're like, I don't even want to be around. It's like, hey, but also okay. like, if you're meeting someone that that's big, that, that that is that big of a bug out, you probably wouldn't want to date them no. anyways. So that yeah. doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I, I prefer to date people that don't care if they die. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, they're, they're, it's very punk rock of them. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, how much time we got left there, Phil? We got about two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> I'm some, uh... What do you got? That's right, folks. It's time for the Camp Good Boy shout-out hour. Don't give some script shout-outs. Coming at ya. All right, got some Instagram shout-outs to give. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, not that person. Uh, okay, here we go. Hey, shout-out uh, Brian Prouty. Hey, shout-out. Pr- Brian Prouty, shout-out. Um, hey, shout-out T.Kelly. Shout-out. Shout-out. Uh, hey, shout out Nick underscore Valesas. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, hey, shout out Cole River. Hey, shout out. Big shout out. Um, hey, shout out. This guy fucking leaves the funniest comments. Teddy Gilmore. Hey, shout out. Shout Sounds out. like a funny guy. Uh, it's Matt Dan's buddy, I think. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Uh, hey, shout out J8480. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, hey, shout out Jack Fucci. Jack Fucci. Fucci or Fucci? Fucci. <laughs> shout out Anthony Fauci. Jackie Jackie Fucci Fucci. Shout, shout out. out. Uh hey, shout out Oh Sweet Nothing. Hey, shout out to Velvet Underground uh, <laughs> fan. Uh hey, shout out Krista Sheglova. Shout out. Shout out. Uh hey, shout out been with us for a while. Farron Kush. Hey, shout out. Shout out. And last one. Hey, shout out Amalina Malones. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out, guys. Thanks for supporting the fans. And uh Aliki, what's that punk band again? That record that's about you? Thelonious Monster. Yeah. Thelonious Monster. Shout, Shout out to Thelonious Monster. If you've enjoyed this conversation and you want to hear a punk band who wrote about uh, our, <laughs> our... Type Camp on 5 into Spotify. <laughs> you get a 25% yeah. off first of all to Spotify. Yeah, get that Pachamama <laughs> CBD. Is that on Spotify? It is. Yeah, that's how I was playing it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's pretty badass that you can tell a story and then say that a band wrote a song about you and then we can play the song. Like, that's... that's Wait, uh, 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 is your boyfriend still around or alive? Yeah, I told you he was doing the reality show stuff, like with Dr. Drew about rehab. Oh, that's right. He's all sober now. That's right, that's right. Mr. Sobriety. Wait, do you ever ever see him? Uh, No. I I actually sent him, uh, like, a message on Facebook just to say, you know, like... You know, hey, like, like I kind of just wanted to reach out and say hi to him, and like he never replied, so whatever, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's punk rock. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, that's punk. I'm trying. I can't remember who it was. It was. I think it was like Jonah Hill. 
He called something punk rock. Fuck, what was it? It's like, dude, just stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop. I just don't I like mean, things that aren't punk rock being referred to <laughs> as punk oh, rock. That God. band, Thelonious Monster, had members of uh, the Germs and the Weirdos in it and Fear at different times. Punk rock. Yeah. Wow, the Weirdos. I've never heard of them. You never heard of the Weirdos? No, that's a great band name, though. Oh, you got to check them out. They were they were one of the big bands with Fear and the Germs. From L.A.? Yeah. Oh, got it. Um, nice. Well, uh, thanks, Aliki. Yeah. Well, you're a regular now. I mean, you are you are actually Camp Good Boy personnel. It's true. I love it. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. yeah. You you went from uh, <laughs> uh, bookkeeping or uh, being with all these bands to then bookkeeping for Motley Crue to now being a uh, a, a the Camp Good Boy the, bookkeeper, the Camp Good Boy accountant. I am so honored. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how are our books? How are our books looking? <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to talk about your spending and uh, your PPP loans pretty soon. Yeah, by the way, is there going to be more free money coming our way? <laughs> um, I don't think there's more free money because they kind of stopped all that. But, um, like, I'm getting, I'm starting to figure out how to get that PPP loan forgiven this week. And, oh, like, sweet. We're nice. going to do all that in the next That'll couple be weeks. good because I spent it all on, uh, on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there was a video of some guy that spent all his uh, PVP money on like a Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of punk yeah, rock. Or like people who like stole millions of dollars somehow. I mean, they, they didn't make it easy to get those loans. And I don't know how people like fraudulently obtain millions of dollars of PVP loans, you know? Mm. And then like, they go buy like a, a Rolex and a Bentley and go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, PPP heist? Yeah. God, that's so fucked up. Uh, all right. Well, cool. We'll, uh, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll be in touch. Yeah, we'll definitely be in touch. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right. We'll, all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Stay safe out there.